Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Edge Reporter Show 101. 888 729 9494 opened up talking about the Sixers are the most interesting team in the city by far, in my opinion. Um, there's either two ways, two things can happen ultimately. Ben, Joel Embiid can have a shortened career and injury-based career and never make it, or he could not, and the Sixers will, in, in essence, are on the precipice of sustained success, playoff success, dy- dynasty talk. I don't know. I don't know how good they'll ever get, but th- they'd be right there, and they'd be at the forefront of this, and with this draft two weeks away, um, things are really, really exciting in Sixers land. I asked the question on Twitter. 52% agree with me that the Sixers are the most interesting team in the city. And it's not close. 48% feel it's close with the Eagles. I mean, obviously, it's not the Flyers or the Phillies. So people think it's, the Eagles are close. And I think the Eagles are interesting to an extent. But right now, June 10th, i just not into it. It's, it's NBA time. It's NBA season. And the Sixers are, are very interesting. They're one of the most interesting teams in sports, in my opinion, nationally. Um, but that's just me. 888-729-9494. We did get into a little bit of Eagles talk. So Pat and Evan want to talk Eagles. Start with Pat. What's up, Pat? Hey, how you doing, Andrew? How you doing? Good. I know you're all fired up about the Sixers. I want to talk a little birds. Yeah. You know, we're, uh, we we're wrapping birds. up OTAs. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited about the season. You know, I think they're a team that, you know, the national media aren't really giving them a lot of recognition. But, I mean, I think when you look at the team, obviously it all, you know, revolves around Wentz. And, uh, you know, they, they, they got a solid backup now in Foles. Uh, you know, running back just brought in Blunt, so I like the running game. Upgraded the receivers. Offensive line, obviously, big key. The offensive line's got to stay healthy. Uh, Lane Johnson going to have him 16 games, so uh, hopefully 16 games. So, you know, if they can stay together, they're one of the better units. Now we look on defense, you know, Derek Barnett's coming in. Like, that should really step up the defensive line, get to the quarterback. Linebacker-wise, you know, they might be a little weak. Uh, Kendricks, maybe Kendricks can step it up a little bit. Defensive back-wise, you know, they had a, you know, they didn't really draft anybody that could help this year right away. But, you know, hopefully some guys play, you know, above their potential. Safeties, you know, the safeties are solid. The kicker's good. The punter's good. We're looking good, man. I think, I think you know, you know, depending on how division goes, Cowboys take a step back. Eagles win 11, 12, 13 games, 13 and 3. Go Eagles, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, no, Pat, and th- thanks for the call. But, like, and I talked about this earlier, and I agree with you. The Eagles did improve everywhere pretty much, except for maybe, you know, you could argue cornerback or whatever. Um, they do look a lot better on paper. They're clearly an improved roster. The problem is you have to differentiate between your team getting better and your team winning more games. Those are two separate things. And if you look just offensively, you look at the Cowboys you know, Dallas fans would argue, and I think I would argue too, Dallas is pretty much better everywhere. Quarterback, you can argue, is the, probably the most you know the most debatable. We don't really know yet. 
Um, running back Dallas is better. Wide receiver Dallas is better. Offensive line Dallas is better. Tight end Dallas is probably still better. So if you look at it like that, the Eagles are still not as good as the Cowboys. You look at the Giants. You know, quarterback again, debatable. Probably you go Eli. Um, running back you would go to the Eagles. Receiver the Giants are better. Offensive line you give the Eagles too, but the Giants are a little bit closer to us in that regard. Maybe we've separated. You know, the distance for second. Maybe we're closing that gap. And I think that argument's fair, but I don't know that we're with the Cowboys. The Cowboys defensively may, maybe took a step back, and we can go, you know, defensively, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Jordan Hicks. I love those guys. I think they're great. Malcolm Jenkins, I think they're great players, and I think the Eagles did get a lot better. But ultimately, you have to win games, and that's what it comes down to. And just because you're better on paper, it doesn't matter. And we, we've seen, obviously, nothing screams that more than the, the final Chip Kelly season when we were, you know, projected to win the Super Bowl. And with Sam Bradford, and like you know, think about that. We were projected to win the Super. We were the fourth. We had the fourth highest odds. I say we. The Eagles had the fourth highest odds in the NFL heading into that year, and the coach got fired. Like, think about that. They were the fourth favorite to win the Super Bowl, and the coach got fired. So, like that—that's the reality of the NFL. So, my point is, on June 10th, we can speculate and we could talk about how they upgraded at all these positions, but I, I'm, I learned. I mean, I, I can't do. I've learned too much from that, you know, because they're saying that in Carolina. I mean, what do you think Carolina's saying? They're saying we were in the Super Bowl two years ago. Now we have Christian McCaffrey, and now we have this guy, and we upgrade at this position. And what do you think New Orleans is saying? And what do you think Tampa Bay and Tennessee are saying with third-year star quarterbacks? I mean, what, what do you think every Minnesota made some improvements and? Every Cincinnati and the the Redskins and on and on and on. It's June. It's June, and that's the, the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons are going to go get back to the Super Bowl, and the, the Ravens are better, and the Steelers are going to get back to the Super Bowl. And every team's better in June. Every team got better because every team drafted the best player, and Derek Barnett's going to be the next savior for the Eagles. He's going to have 12 sacks as a rookie, and he looks great. But I don't. Who knows? Who knows? It's all. It's so so. It's circumstantial. It's all circumstantial on, on injuries, opponent, uh, situation, coaching, weather. I mean, I, I don't know. There's so many things. Football is a crazy sport. It's a crazy sport, and a lot of a lot of these games, the point differential in the NFL, it, it's why the ratings are so high, and it's why the league is so beloved is because the parity is so high, and these games are decided by two, three, four, five points a game. Two, three points. A field goal goes off the upright, and, and a coach gets fired because of that. That's the NFL. So to speculate, sure, we can, we can say, look, Brandon Graham, Jordan Hicks, Fletcher Cox, Malcolm Jenkins, they've established themselves as good players. Rasul Douglas and Jalen Mills and Derek Barnett, and I don't know about those guys. I have no idea. Garrett Blunt in this offense, I have no clue. Darren Sproles at this age, and Donnell Pumphrey, and will Jason Peters stay? I have no idea. Like, it's just, you know, Lane Johnson got suspended last year. In September, this time last year, who would it, we thought we were going to have Lane Johnson for 16 games. Here we are a year later, and we're talking about, like, we have Lane Johnson for 16 games again. It's just happened. Last year, we just said we would have Lane Johnson for 16 games. We didn't even think of anything, and he got suspended. So, like, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get suspended. Teams are going to be better than we think. Teams are going to be worse than we think. 
Hopefully the Eagles are one of the teams that are better, but we truly have no idea. The only thing we know, the only thing we know is what is fact. And what is fact is the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Redskins are all pretty good football teams. The Cowboys are very good. The Giants are pretty good, and the Redskins seem pretty good. They all have good quarterbacks, and they all seem like it's a, it seems like it's a pretty good division. Last year it was a very good division. That's tough. That's tough. I mean, you'd rather be in a division with, I'm um, trying to think of a bad division. I guess um, you look at the way Green Bay has been in that, that NFC North for a while, and they, 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 I don't know how good Green Bay has been, but they haven't really. Chicago stinks. Minnesota's been kind of iffy since Peterson's on a downcline, and Detroit's been. De- Detroit, maybe that's a bad example for division, but I don't know. Like you know what I mean? NFC West. Yeah, the NFC West is another one too. It's just the power structure changes so quick in the NFL. It's really hard to sustain it. And look, look, Derek Carr goes down last year, and the Raiders' season goes up in flames. It's just so hard to predict. There's so many things that have to go right. Um, it's it's tough. Evan, you're on WIP. What's up, Evan? Hello. Yo. Yo. I gotta know though. You're really gonna say this about the Eagles? They are one of the top. They are the top team in the NFC East. That's, that's an that, opinion. I hope so, but that's an opinion. They are such, They are so good. We got Derek Barnett. Yeah. We got him coming off originally just taking as a number one overall draft pick for us. We got Alshon Jeffrey, Corey Smith, Zach Ertz. We are going to kill it. Yeah. How can even, like, Eric Blunt, like, how can you even say that we're not going to be a part of this? No, you're right. We're going to win the Super Bowl probably. Not See, now you're fucking playing around with me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our first drunk call tonight on 10. But that's like that. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, that's exactly what I wanted. That's the perfect example of kind of like the difference between like being an Eagles fan and, and being an Eagles fan. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I want the Eagles to be the best team in the NFC East. I'm, I'm an Eagles fan. Like, I want that to happen, but I don't know. I, I can't I can't be like that guy. We're, we're going to kill it. Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. Right. Des Bryant and Odell Beckham Jr. and Brandon Marshall. Like, any team can say that about any player. Everybody has good players. It's the NFL. That's, like, the beauty of the NFL. And players get better based on situations. Like, like, Garrett Blunt was a joke. He punched someone in the face in Oregon. Last year was a Super Bowl champion, and he fumbled in the game. Like, results-based, results-based. But, no, I, I do think I'm not trying to, like, disparage or, or be pessimistic on the Eagles' outlook this year. I guess I, I am pe- being pessimistic, but I think they did a really good job in the offseason. My honest opinion is I think they got a lot better. Their roster's a lot better. Their offense is extremely exciting. And there, there's no way their offense shouldn't be a top half of the league offense if, if Carson Wentz, unless Carson Wentz just has a really bad season, but I don't see that either. I really see everybody growing offensively. I think they have a really good, they put together a good complementary system, offense. The, the way that these guys play together, they know what they have. Alshon's going to be their guy. Jordan Matthews is going to get to play the slot and be really good, and Torrey Smith is going to be a deep threat. Like, they have well-defined roles. Like, Garrett Blunt's going to be their early down and goal line back. Sproles is going to be Sproles. They have pump free to re- replace Sproles. They're clearly, they're clearly building correctly. And, like, the most important part of business, right, in any business, whether it be, um, you know, finance or 
retail or restaurant or technology or computer, whatever, whatever it is. The CEO has to define roles. Like you need, if you're, if your employees don't have defined roles and they don't know how to operate, they're going to, they're going to struggle. They're going to be confused. It's, it's why NBA teams, it's why the Cavs are so successful and the Golden State Warriors are so successful because Tristan Thompson knows his exact role and Kevin Love knows his role and Kyle Korver knows his role and LeBron James is dictated everybody's role and same with Golden State. And you look at a team like Miami and you have, Dion Waiters shooting 23 shots a game. No, nobody knows what they're doing on the floor. There's no defined roles. Um, you know, you go to these good companies, Google and Apple, and these companies have defined roles. Everything is structured and in place, and I think the Eagles have done a nice job of, re- and the Patriots are a great example of that, obviously. Um, but I think the Eagles are really, maybe it's Howie, maybe it's Joe Douglas, maybe it's a little bit of Doug. I, I don't really know who it is. Maybe it's someone else behind the scenes. But over the past two years, I think their personnel additions have been really smart and tactical. Like Tory Smith, um, fans are a little bit, eh, you know, man, man. But what he does is define a role. He gives them a veteran deep threat at 28 years old who's really proven to be one of the top deep threats in the NFL. He's not going to catch 80 balls, obviously. But if he catches 35 and six of them are for 40-yard touchdowns, that's something. That's really special. Like that's a, an attribute to your football team. Um, like Garrett Blunt isn't going to run for a thousand yards, but if he converts two fourth downs and has eight touchdowns, you know you added something that you need, and that's what the Eagles have done. Jordan Matthews will now slide over to the slot, and Jordan Matthews' numbers will come down. His volume was up le- over the past two seasons. He had eighty-five some catches and almost a thousand yards. Like he's, his numbers have been so high because he's been their best receiver. His volume is high. Obviously, that makes sense, and his volume will come down. As he won't have 80 catches next year, he maybe he'll have 50 catches or 60 catches. Um, Alshon's going to get all the all the targets, but it doesn't mean Jordan Matthews will will be a bad player. You know, he'll fit in that role, and he'll become so much more valuable as that slot option. And now the whole offense will be defined, and I think that's really exciting. You know, Wentz knows he's the leader. Sproles knows he's the, he's the, he's the weapon. He's the guy, and Alshon knows he's going to be the workhorse on the outside. He's going to get, you know, we're looking at 90-plus catches for Alshon. Like, that's what he needs to do. And he knows that. He, he wants to be the guy. He's going to revel in it. And, I, and it's exciting that the Eagles finally have these roles. They didn't really know what they were doing with, like, Miles Austin and Nelson Aguilar. And everyone was out of place. The quarterback situation it, it was just, it never was defined. Ryan Matthews and DeMarco Murray, no one ever got situated on offense. Uh, finally, they have some continuity and they have some structure in place, and that's, that's exciting from a fan standpoint. So if I take that, that's when I look at the Eagles and say, they, they're, they're building something here. And they have a really legit shot to be close with the Cowboys. I don't know that they're better than the Cowboys, but maybe, maybe they can compete with the Cowboys. And, and they'll continue to grow. And defensively, same thing. You know, Brandon Graham has found his role, and Fletcher Cox obviously is the leader, and Hicks is, and, and Jenkins. I mean, they're really falling. In, Roddy McLeod is an underrated player, and they're falling into their role defensively as well. And if these cornerbacks work, if these draft picks hit, may, maybe they could be one of those surprise teams in the NFL. Certainly have a chance to be. 888-729-9494. We'll do Sixers questionnaire coming up next, 120 a.m., Vince Quinn at 2. Caesar Behind the Glass, Andrew Porter Show, WIP Sports Times 117.
asked, are the Sixers the most interesting team in the city? 52% say yes. Six, 765 votes. I agree. 52% not high enough, but I agree. Sixers are the most interesting team in the city right now. Andrew Porter show. It's 122. Um, we're going to do some Sixers questions. Well, here, so John Barchard and uh, James Seltzer, Bleeding Green Nation, BGN Radio, WIP, they were on uh, 8 from 8 to 10, and they put these questions together. It's like a little questionnaire to bounce things off each other, but they were doing it for the Eagles. Um, we're going to do it for the Sixers, Caesar and I. So here we go. You have the question, Caesar? Yeah, yeah. So for the Sixers, uh, who is your greatest player in team history? Who you got? Wow. Now, it's just like, I guess it would be who you've seen play, right? That that would be the most fair way to answer I it. guess we can do it. That, I mean, it's Doc. The answer's Doc. It's got to be Doc, right? Um, But it's Iverson if it's from who yeah, I've but, seen play. But yeah. it's got to be Doc. I it's guess. Doc, yeah. yeah 11th time All-Star. Yeah, yeah, that's not even. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's Doc. If it, Some people will say Wilt, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. Right, right. I didn't even think of that because I don't. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Technically, I guess he was only Will a, played, yeah, he was more of a warrior. That's what I'm saying. Warrior, yeah. But he was a Sixer as well. Doc, to me, represents the Sixers the most. Like That's how I look at it. Like When I think Sixers, I think Doc first, and then Iverson, and then I guess Will is in there somewhere, but I think Doc and Iverson as the two main guys. Absolutely, yeah. Um, what about for the Eagles, who would you say? We can go through all the teams, actually. Man, greatest Eagle ever. That's a tough that question. That is a tough one. Um. Like, I, I want to go back, like, Van Buren far. Like, that to me is too far. I don't really know. Yeah, right. Like, um, by Merrick or... Um... Randall, I guess, but he never really won anything. No, I mean, you would have to have Donovan over Randall, right? Yeah. You have to. You'd have to. That's tough. That is a really tough question. Reggie White, maybe, would be the answer, yeah, but he was a Packer for a while. He's more of a Packer, I guess, yeah. That's tough. Um, Flyers is Clark, right? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. And Phillies is Schmidt. I don't, I'm like Schmidt. Schmidt, man. But Some people I, would have Utley. I, I want to say Utley, but I, yeah, no. it's probably Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. Next one. Uh, let's see. Here. And eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. If you want to jump in, and I don't know, we can ask you a question too. You can play with us. So uh, this one, I guess, is kind of interesting. Like, uh, you think? Team chemistry is overrated in sports, or that was not necessary. That's just the question. Yeah, just like there's, there's yeah. all this. Here. No, I don't think it's no. It's completely necessary and not overrated. It's extremely important and it's underrated. But the thing is, it's um, it's it's cyclical, or it's uh, they're dependent on one another. Like winning creates the environment, and the environment creates winning. So. It's really hard to separate the two. Like, obviously, if a team is losing, they're not going to have a winning culture, quote-unquote. And if a team is winning, it's easy to say they have a winning culture. So they, they kind of breed each other. But, yes, it's extremely important to have good personalities in the locker room. Obviously, is important, I think. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it would. Uh, I, I would have to agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah chemistry. Yeah, like, uh, you think about, like, uh, I think about, like, Seattle. And like their chemistry, if yeah. it's like damaged and stuff, and yeah. See yeah. if it'll affect them this year. Like, how much do you buy that like whole Russell Wilson thing? And the defense doesn't like like Russell. Wilson? I think there's something there. Seattle's so talented that they can overcome it. But I think there's definitely something there. And I think when you play for the guys that you're playing, you know, you don't play when you play sports. You play for your teammates. That's really all you play for. You don't really play for yourself. You don't play for your coach. You play for the guy next to you. That's really it, that's really the way it is. I mean, 
that's how I approached sports my whole life, and that's how it was. Like in a team sport, you know, you're playing for your your brothers, your teammates. You know, that's who that's who you played the game for, and I think that matters. If you don't care about the guy lining up next to you, then why should he care about you? You know, that type of thing. And I think that that really, and I think that's why the Patriots and the Spurs and all those teams have been so successful because they've been able to create those those environments. Yeah, absolutely, sure. Um, worst draft pick in Sixers history. Probably Sean Bradley is the first name that popped in my head. Yeah, that's like definitely the biggest one, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Would it be like missing out on like Dirk or Paul Pierce? Maybe, maybe Larry Hughes. Not necessarily like, yeah, like a yeah. player, but like kind of missing out on Yeah, the, maybe Larry um, Hughes just because of the two guys that went after him. Yeah. Like Larry Hughes was a, was a solid player, but just because of the two guys that went after him, my God. Jeez. Could have changed the franchise. Would have changed the history. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about questions like that. Like, you know, if you can go back. If you can go back and make... Uh... The draft is always, like, that's the craziest thing in sports when you can look at, like, draft picks. And every team can do it for every sport. Oh, yeah, you look sure. at, like, the, the picks you've I mean, missed they, I'm and sure, how you, you know, can like ESPN, ESPN or NFL Network probably come out with... Once, oh, like, yeah. like, the, like the redrafts or whatever, like this player should have been drafted if you look, you know, like, right, uh, right. at higher. So you can always do Those are always like interesting. The Earl Thomas, Brandon Graham thing we've... You know, debated at nauseum, and now it's like I don't think that's as it's coming back. It's getting better. Bad as now it's because better, yeah. just because like Brandon, Gray, like, I guess Earl Thomas is a better player, right? Obviously a better player, but you know Brandon yeah. Graham's not that bad of a well, player. I, now. I always talked He's about how um, I, to me, I think the Chip Kelly's downfall and that season's downfall. The biggest thing with that was like so to Macklin re-tampered with Macklin, got Macklin away from here. However, that situation happened. And obviously they needed a receiver, and that forced Chip into Nelson Aguilar, which was the consensus pick there. And I think that was like that hurt them so much because their receivers were so bad. And I think that really like changed everything. And the, he even talked about how he wanted Odell the year prior, and he went one pick before him. It's right. just interesting how like the draft is like crazy. Well, that end with like the previous pick of Marcus Smith, so that like compounded yeah. it. You missed on that previous pick, right. so you miss on Aguilar again. It's, it makes it yeah. even uh, worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, you cool. have any? Uh, you think Aguilar does anything this season? I don't. I don't dislike. I, I don't think he's as bad as we're making him out to be. I don't, no, I, I agree. I, I agree. think that now he's too buried on our depth chart to make an impact. But I, I think he'll be fine somewhere else. Like I think he can have a solid NFL career somewhere else. But I don't think it's going to be in Philly. I'm still holding out a little hope for him. Yeah. Not. I, I, you know. I, I don't think he'll. I'm, uh, I'm really high on our on our trio. Like to be honest, I really like Jeffrey Smith and and Matthews, and I really think that's a great. I really think that that trio. People talk about the contracts in the one year, but I really think those guys can be here for three, four, five seasons. I really yeah, wouldn't be shocked. I, yeah, just look, Matthews is kind of out of Matthews is kind of like already gone in people's I minds. Think, I, I think I think they shocked, I man. think they're going to explore a trade for Matthews. Yeah, I think I don't know possible. how much you can get, but, but I I think that his volume will come down, and that means when they negotiate and they and they show like, look, as a slot receiver, you only had fifty five catches compared to eighty five last year. I think that price will be a lot different. You know, in the market, like, his stats are going to come down, and that's really how they dictate price. And I think. At a reasonable price, I think they can retain him for three, three to four years. Yeah, I, I would be you shocked. think his agent would let him let him like sign that? Yeah, or? I think so. I think he wants to be here, and I think he likes it here, and I think yeah. they're growing something. Him I and Carson have a Wentz. really good yeah. uh, chemistry. I totally, Speaking of chemistry. He seems like a good guy, and I totally think it's possible he stays for a long term, and I would be fine with that. Yeah, I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't. Yeah. But I, you know, I just just because of like I guess if you know they what, like the, if, Ashon's only one year for one year, so I, yeah, they really have like the optionality. If they like Gibson and Hollins, m- maybe. They do trade him. I don't know how much they like those two, but I don't. I don't 
who really knows? see it's those I mean, two yeah. as anything. So yeah. OTAs, you can't. Yeah. How much can you tell right. with those two? You know. Right. Got another one. Uh, sure. Let's keep them rolling. Let's just keep them rolling. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. If you want to jump in, we're having fun. I like these questions. They're like thinking. They're like thinking games. So which sixer never gets remembered enough? Past sixer. Oh, that's a good question. Enough. That's a good question. Um, which sixer never gets remembered enough? Probably somebody from like the eighty three team, I guess. Yeah, probably someone from the eighty. Definitely the O one team get. It's like they get enough recognition. Like Aaron McKee was well, a good player, yeah, right. but like that's about it. Right. Um, right. I guess maybe like the Kemi Matumbo or like Theo Ratliff. I like those guys, but um, maybe Iguodala gets a little bit, but he gets remembered. He's just he kind of is what he is now. Yeah, he got hated on here for a while. You know? Yeah, he did unfairly. But I, I'd say remembered. I guess like yeah, one of those guys like maybe like Andrew Tony or Bobby Jones or one of those guys. Mo Cheeks, Doug Collins. Yeah, Doug Collins, right? Yeah. Doug Collins is a good player. He's a good point guard from what I understand yeah yeah right terrible coach <laughs> horrendous awful right. no. um i'm trying to go other sports an eagle that gets under remembered under appreciate that's a tough question man that's like too hard get the next one it's tough i don't like that one think about it you have to think about it for right. Shit. Phillies and flyers trent clatt for the flyers uh, let's see here. How did you become a fan of the Sixers? You see, you're always a basketball fan, I guess. Yeah, is your I favorite mean, sport? Is basketball your favorite sport? Yeah, just, well, yeah. Just because I played it my whole life, like, at a high level. So, naturally, I'm just, like, drawn to it. Because I, I, I'm the most, I honestly feel comfortable. Like, when I talk about football, I, I just completely don't know, like, what I'm talking about. Like, I understand the game because I watched it for so long, but I've never played it. So, like, analytics and stuff, like, we talk about players. We have no idea what we're talking about, most people. But basketball, I have a good grasp on it. I understand. I think I, I understand the game. So, like, I really feel confident about my opinion on players and stuff like that. I think I have a good grasp on it. But, um, no, I was just I was born in Northeast Philly, and I was just taught to like all the teams. Honestly, like I used to say as a kid, people would say, what's your favorite team? And I was like, I don't know. I like all four teams the same. That was my thing, so just born into it. It's where, where would you rank uh, Brett Brown among head coaches? In Philly? Uh, no, oh, in, the in, the league, in the league, yeah. Oh, wow. That's a good question. That is Now now we're having fun. That's a good question. Wow. So um, Steve Kerr, Craig, Greg Popovich, I would rank both of those guys ahead of him. I would rank... Maybe Brad Stevens, but I don't think so. I don't think I would rank Brad Stevens ahead of him, to be honest. I don't think I would rank Billy Donovan ahead of him. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, maybe. I think he's a good coach, but no, you wouldn't do it. I think you can make a case Brett Brown's the third best coach in the NBA. I th- I really? Third I best? totally wow. think that's a, that's a legitimate that's, argument. I don't know. I'm, I'm high on Brett Brown. Who else Who else do we have? Um, the Lakers, no. Uh, who are the other good teams? I think in playoff, Toronto, <laughs> Casey's terrible, uh, Indiana, uh, Chicago. Budenholzer. Yeah. He's looking at a list now. Yeah. Uh, Kenny, like you said now, Steve Clifford, Brett Hoiberg. Hoiberg. Yeah. I'm telling you. Rick Carlisle's pretty good. Rick Carlisle's fine. He's okay. Yeah. He's been around for a while. Doc Rivers. I don't think we said him. Yeah, but Doc, I don't know. He's on his way out. 
I think that's the team, the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, Doc he, is like, Doc it's is. It's results oriented. Like you're Doc, right. He won the championship. Yeah. No, Doc won the championship. Yeah. yeah. You're right. What about uh, uh, a lot of people like Spolster? I guess right. I like Spolster. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if he's better than Brett Brown. But I do like Spolster. But he's Brett Brown's right up there, man. I'm telling you, Brett Brown's right in that range. He's better than a lot of those guys. Um. But there, there's some good. Co- I like Scott Brooks too. I think he's an underrated coach, and he's proven that in Washington. He got he got crushed in OKC. But um, sure, yeah. Well, I think Scott Brooks is a good coach. I think Brett Brown is right there. Is right there. You think Thibodeau's uh, overrated? Nah, he's about fine. Yeah, he's had his. I don't really know enough about him to be honest, but he's he's had his he's had his ups and downs. I don't know. You look at that talent on that team. Where would you rank Brett Brown? Top ten? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe top half of the league. Maybe twelve or thirteen. I don't I don't know too much Jeff about Van all Gundy. Stan. Stan, I mean. Yeah. Uh I guess they, yeah, you gotta say Stan's better than Brett Brown, right? At this point. I guess. It's not enough uh we'll see this year. I mean this yeah. is gonna be Brett Brown's yeah. you know, you're gonna yeah. have Simmons and hopefully a, a healthy MP. Oh uh, yeah, I think they'll win. I mean I'd be shocked if they didn't win. If they didn't make the playoffs. Well, make, if those guys were healthy playoffs. and they made yeah. the playoffs, I'd be shocked. They should definitely make the playoffs. Shocked, yeah. In the East. Yeah. Cool. Um, Doug, I would say outside the top 20. McCannon, I would say outside the top 20. Hackstall, I would say inside the top 20. Yeah, that's tough. I, they might yeah. all be outside the top 20. Yeah. <sighs> Peterson gets a knock for being, uh, like, he's not, like you said, like, just his personality, yeah. I guess. Is that? But it might, I, that it, might be unfair. Like, I think it is. Unfair. It might be unfair. Yeah. I think it is. I, I I think he's a smart football mind for sure. I'm not de- I'm not doubting that. Like he's definitely a smart football mind. Um, but again, it's going to come down to results for him. He doesn't do he doesn't do anything to. Um, he's a very safe coach, which is fine. Is he? Which I think he's kind of aggr- more, he more aggressive. He is aggressive, but I mean, in terms of like, he doesn't do anything crazy outside the box. Like he has his offense. He has Jim Schwartz in the defense. Like he just run. He's just running the system, and I I think it's fine. I think I actually like his play calls sometimes in his offense. So I'm I'm not as down and dug as like some people, but I definitely understand the you know hesitation. Like he's dull, there. so people think yeah, he's, uh, dull. he's bad. Like, I'm not yeah. saying he's a great coach or anything. Right. Not like top five. Right. He, I mean Chip it's unfair Chip to... didn't have success and he was super you know Right, it's like the opposite the of opposite. Chip. Yeah, so yeah. like who knows? People kinda elevated him a little more maybe because of because if people uh downgrade Peterson because he's dull. Yeah. Some people would upgrade Chip Kelly because he was yeah. eccentric. I mean, people, we also we, we evaluate them based on like what we see in here. We don't really see them behind closed doors. Like yeah, Charlie Manuel true. was like a buffoon, but he won a championship, so he was a good he was a good manager. Right, he was a player's manager. Off, yeah, so I I don't know. It's it's so hard. It's so hard to tell. It's so results based. It's players. Players win. I was, I was gonna say, is coaching overrated? Yes. For sure, I totally, 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 hundred percent believe that. I think it's important. I think it's definitely overrated it's in, in in the NBA. I mean, look at the Warriors. Yeah. The Warriors is Steve Curry that much of a difference? Yeah. No, so, I mean, I think he's a good coach. You know, he has a good system. Yeah, in place, yeah I'm not but saying like, he's a bad coach, but I not. can't see them not winning a championship with any coach. They can give him tiny. Any, coach. Yeah. I mean, Tyron Lue just won a championship with the Warriors his first season. Yeah, I'm wrong. Cavs, Lue's but a yeah, good coach. yeah, 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 Cavs. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree. guess football. It's probably more, tough, but I still think it's overrated because it's so segmented. There's so many different coaches. Like the head coach, I mean, he's re- they're running the offense or the defense, I guess. But there's coordinators and there's so many players. It's like basically like multiple units inside of a unit. I don't know. 
Yeah. I think it's important, but I think ultimately the quarterback is the most important piece. I would go quarterback and then coach, and then probably front. Yeah, office. is it the quarterback coach? Then? Yeah. See, I would rate maybe GM like, higher than coach. Yeah, GM. Yeah. Just because, like, yeah, it's, it's so player oriented. Yeah. After the quarterback, you got to build the rest of the team after yeah. the quarterback. No, that's you're probably right. I probably agree with that actually. I don't know. Right, maybe cool. we sound dumb like that. I don't know. Maybe. All right. 888-729-9494. We'll do, we'll do a couple after the break, too. Um, Vince Quinn coming up at 2. Andrew Porter Show, WIP Sports Times 138. 144, Andrew Porter Show. Before I get out of here at 2, Vince Quinn coming up at 2. Um, I wanted to play this LeBron James cut, and I thought this was great. And I think it's uninterrupted, or it is PN, I think, or somebody put this together, but it was... The bar, it's called The Barbershop. It was like a 30-minute episode on YouTube. And it was, they're sitting in a barbershop at, in New Orleans Barbershop from last year's, all, from February's All-Star Game, NBA All-Star Game. And it's LeBron, Draymond Green, Two Chains, Rich Paul, Maverick Carter, another guy. Um, Charles Oakley comes in midway. And it's, and they're just like literally un- filtered talking they talk they talk about Brady and Belichick they talk about last year's finals they talk about pretty much they talk about rap they talk about basketball they talk about players not knowing their roles which is which is what I talked about a little bit earlier um they talk about free agency they talk about a lot of things it's cool 30 minutes it's worth watching um just YouTube it the barbershop ESPN LeBron James whatever you'll you'll find it um but this was the piece of this was the viral piece that made news and this is newsworthy um but lebron openly talked about dan gilbert's letter and his decision to go back to cleveland and how his wife and mom were not having it they did not want to go back listen to this cut i mean for me personally when i decided to go back to cleveland i had to decide like because our owner at the time when i left decided to put out this article that we all know about where he completely like bashed me and like disrespected not only me as an individual but disrespected my name and my name is not just myself it's my wife it's my kids my grandfather you know what i'm saying my mother so many more people so you know for me when i decided to go back and i talked to like mav and rich and Randy and everybody and i had to let them know because some people was on the fence you know even my wife was like i ain't my mama and my wife was like that I ain't with that. Your mom was definitely. My mom like, was definitely like. She re- that, we no, ain't going yeah. back. No. And for me, it was more. It was more. I had to f- finally just be like, you know what, mom? It ain't even really about that. You know, me going back is more of this. It's more of a bigger picture, and it's more of a all these kids, all these people that need inspiration and need a, a, a way to get out and I believe I'm that way out and so I had to be like as much as like my mom mean everything to me and my wife mean everything my kids and like you know my mama she was just so like I'm not like listen you go back I ain't going back with you wow. like she like I'm staying in Miami yeah well I'm going somewhere else you send me somewhere else I had to be like let's not worry about the small and let's worry about us trying to build something that's bigger than our name. I just thought that was a cool cut. It was, it was a cool segment. It's a cool video, and it's 
I don't know. I think it's worth your time, especially if you're a LeBron, if you're an NBA fan. It's interesting. Interesting to, to watch those guys shoot the crap. Shoot it. And just talk at the barbershop. It was cool. And, like, Draymond and LeBron were going back and forth. And, like, LeBron said at one point, LeBron said to Draymond, um, the, oh, they asked LeBron, like, were you really hurt when you went down and it hurt your wrist in last year's in game seven at the end of the game? And LeBron was like, LeBron was like, I don't know if LeBron answered, but Draymond was like, when did you go down? Like, you got hurt? He's like, I don't remember. And LeBron was like, yeah, you're the one who fouled me. And Draymond's like, really? He's like, I don't remember. Like, all runs together. But, like, it was cool to see how much respect they had for each other. And LeBron was talking about how Draymond is such a good player. And it, I don't know. Maybe I just like LeBron. But uh, it's it's a cool it's a cool little piece. Um, You can check it out. Vince Quinn coming up at 2 a.m. Coming in the station right now. Up on that mic. We'll do a little crossover here. Oh, by the way, so at A-N-D underscore Porter, the uh, poll question that was up tonight, the Sixers are the most interesting team in the city right now, and it's not even close. Right. 52% say yes, 42, 48% say no, 779 votes. What do you say? Yeah, they're the most interesting team. Yeah, right? Uh, who's Especially closer? right now. I, cl- I clearly classified, like, right now. I'm In September... Possibly, probably will be the Eagles. Um, but like Tom Kelly tweeted at me, made a good point. I, for the first time, he said in the, for, in the first time in 15 years, he's more excited for the Sixers season to start than the Eagles. And I think I agree with that. Well, yeah, for the Eagles, you generally know what they're going to be. Right. A lot of people are talking like at the most optimistic level, you're getting a nine and seven team. Yeah. Which doesn't even necessarily get into the playoffs. I mean, maybe you can get a ten or eleven win team, but they're not winning the Super Bowl. No. Yeah. So and with the Sixers, like. There's so much volatility. Right. You look at this team, and it's it's what's the ceiling? You go, oh, my God, they could be the third best team in the East. <laughs> no, that's, no exa- idea. that's exactly the point I made. Like, the the two pillars of the, the pendulum is either, like, Embiid flames out and doesn't last, and they and they blow up, or he, he doesn't, and they're a perennial dynasty. So, like, the pendulum is extremely wide for the Sixers, and it's exciting. The upside-downside, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I am, at least. No, you could yeah. sit and fantasize of a hundred different scenarios for the Sixers, and right. they're all reasonable. Right, and with, Be- right, and you with- have the draft where you could trade up or down. You have free agency where you have like Kyle Lowry. Should they sign him? Should they not? You know, there's a million avenues a here. Million, and with the NBA Finals now, it's exciting. And and like to me, I talked about. You know, a lot of people say, um, you know, Cleveland's Cleveland, and they're not going to. You know, they have the East crown for years. The LeBron's done. And Golden State's Golden State, and they're going to win the next 100 championships. <laughs> yeah. It's probably true to some extent. But, like, if the Sixers become the second-best team in the East and lose to the Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals at some point, you know how much fun that would be? Like, it's okay to lose. Like, you know, the, the Eagles were so good for 10 years. Like, that was a lot of fun. They didn't win the Super Bowl Obviously, but it was a good time. You know, it's about entertainment too. Exactly, it's, it's, it's fun. Entertainment, yeah. Like, go back to that series. What was it, 2012, yeah. where they played the Celtics? Yeah. How about January? Like January was yeah. amazing. Like it was just a great time, and they were they weren't even good. They were the, like a below 500 team, <laughs> and they were. It was just unbelievable there every night. It was sold out, and like the Houston game and Embiid, and, and it was through, they were hitting buzzer beaters. It was just cool. It was cool. Basketball's fun when your team's good because it's a closed environment. You can see everybody, the personalities come out. It's a good, it's a good sport to have a 
professional team that's good, I think. Basketball's one of the better ones. Well, yeah, for sure. And with the Sixers as well, just in terms of being exciting, on social media they're exciting. Oh, they're great. Yeah. And Embiid is great. Simmons yep. was the godfather of the whole raise the cat yep. Yep. sensation. Yep. So they're good they're, personality. They fit the city. Yeah. Yeah, what don't they do Coach in terms good. of being fun? Yeah, they're very likable. They're a very likable team. Um and it's hilarious because the guy who put it all together is not here, obviously. I haven't even said his name once during this whole show. It's yeah, let me awesome. do the sign of the cross, please. Sam the man, Hinky. Yeah. It's amazing. It really is amazing. He's like, the guy who set us up the best is not. It's so funny. Gotta love sports. Um, we were talking a little bit a couple of days ago about the draft. We kind of agree on a lot of players, I think. But who, who do you like at three? I know I like Tatum, and I'm in the minority for that, but I'm not like, you know, married to him or anything. I like Tatum because I think he fits here, but there's a lot of possibilities for the Sixers at three. Yeah, the first guy that I would take, just because of what he's able to do, it's Malik Monk. Yeah. Um, because I don't think Ball will be there as much as there's the rumors about it. Right. So I'm either. Yeah, so with Fultz off the board, Ball off the board, you go Monk. The guy is a great shooter. He's incredibly active. I love the energy. And when it goes to the Sixers, they talk so much about fit. They've been doing that for, like, remember a couple of years ago when Brett Brown said, well, when you're talking about winning, it's not even in the top ten. Right. And now they're talking about, hey, we need fit. We're trying to win now. And Monk, you're right. when you're looking at these guys, he's clearly the fit. I agree. I, I would be fine with Monk. I think Tatum fits as well because he could play the three, but it's a little bit trickier. He's not as smooth fit as Monk because of his size, and you add another frontcourt player with Sarge, Simmons, and Embiid. So it is a little bit trickier. But to me, Jackson is clearly the one who doesn't fit because he is another forward. He's probably is, he's a three, but he doesn't. She can't shoot, so <laughs> yeah. it's just, it doesn't make sense. Like the Sixers are in a u- unique position where they can draft for fit because of Embiid and Simmons. So it's like, why not take advantage of that? Who cares if Monk is supposed to go fifth or sixth or seventh? If he if he's the guy that fits best or Tatum, whoever it is. Take the guy at three. Who cares? Yeah, his value is relative to what he does for your team. Exactly. So, if yeah, if he's going to be that perfect fit, it's there's no reason to be nitpicky about two spots in a draft. Exactly. Really. When, it, when it's a 30-team yeah. draft, you and can't like, say, oh, well, he's fifth and we're third. Right. How dare we select right, right. the fifth player? And you go back to, like, every single draft of all time, and the best player is eighth, 11th, Kobe's 13th, and Giannis is 11th. And, like, you go back and back and back, and all these got Jordan's third. You know, people, it's just crazy. So take your guy. Kawhi's 15th. You go on and on. Yeah, it's it never shakes out that the top guys get yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know? Like, I, I'm 100% sure the top three guys going won't be the best. You know, like, you never know. Number no. one overall pick is a good chance of hitting, but then after that, you just you just don't know. Yeah, so crazy. with this team, you you're still trying to figure out what the future of it is. So get the guy that you think is going to build well around the core players that you have. And go from there. They're clearly invested in Simmons. He needs to develop a shot, so get a guy that can shoot. Yeah. Um, when did you get get your thoughts on the NBA Finals? I did a little bit of NBA Finals stuff, but I just don't feel like it hits much in Philly. I just feel like people are kind of like, to me, it's an historical moment in sports. It's a it's a three times where you know three times in a row these two teams are going to play. We're going to look back like. We're gonna remember. We're not even gonna remember these games. Like, what year was the LeBron block, and what year was the Kyrie step back, and like all this stuff is gonna run together, and it's such a special rivalry and moment. But I don't know. I don't think people in Philly care. Like, we're so regionalized and we're so localized that, like, I don't know. It it just doesn't hit here, right? Well, am I wrong? I don't. I think people just don't realize how much they care. Yeah. Like, it's just that they they hear all this conversation about LeBron and they get tired of it. Right. 
But it is tiresome the way the media does it. But yeah, you're right. But, but let's it's be great because he's so great. So we should be talking about him all the time, right? Like, oh yeah, you should care you about should the greatest it. player in the world. You should care about him playing against the second best player in the league, the best team arguably ever, yeah. and and they're playing one of the other best teams in the league. Like it's yeah. a good matchup. You have the rivalry. Fun, you yeah. have history on the line when right. you're talking about the greatest and team just, of all time. I just think it's so cute how we're like, you know, the NHL playoffs are so much better and. And oh, go Predators! I love the nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. Oh, go Predators! Laviolette. Like I, and I'm a hockey guy. I'm definitely not an anti-hockey guy at all. Yeah. I, I love hockey. I love the Flyers. But like, we're just fooling ourselves if we really think we care about the Nashville Predators. And like, we don't really care about that. No, the Stanley Cup is window shopping. It's yeah. You stand outside and you're like, oh, that's kind of it's interesting. Cool, Do I buy like, it? Like nobody cares. Am man. I really invested in PK Subban? Right. I think he's fun. It's a cool story, and I'll look at the highlights when he bashes his head when Crosby bashes his head into the that ice. That scumbag. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst. That <laughs> was uh, that was unbelievable, actually. Like that was so perfect. When I saw it, I was like, I have to get this on our Facebook page because the comments are just going to be outstanding. Yeah, it is really interesting with Crosby. I will say this real quick. Just with yeah. him being the biggest star that the NHL's had in a long time, yeah. and he's so incredibly dirty and unlikable. I mean, usually oh, with the yeah. big stars, enough people, like LeBron is a bit polarizing. But, right. but to he's be, come back around where... Yeah, he's had some redemption. Enough people at least acknowledge, okay, he's the best and whatever. But right. when it comes to Crosby, everyone just says, screw that guy. No, I, right. I wouldn't want him on my team and whatever. You Al, Al Morgani. Is loves always defends him on the morning show and the the tweets come in it's so funny they just crush Al like oh they, people hate Crosby here yeah he's the, very hateable there's nothing to like about him he's nah, not he's a charming normal. guy in person some guys yeah. are super just said he's a great player but he's just as a person he's yeah yeah some guys are jerks on the field but they're an interesting personality and you right. like that right, but right. It, he doesn't have anything going for him it's what, it's just awful what do you got tonight. Actually, I'm, Everything. I'm talking I saw Durant a little bit to start. Oh yeah, I got to talk about Durant. The Durant way people annoyed were, me. I didn't like the way he left. I mean, obviously, it's a better move for his career. But well, see, that's the thing. People people have these feelings about Kevin Durant, which I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, the, there's a lot of negativity towards him. So right, I'll right. be talking about that. But there's all sorts of fun stuff that's happened over the past week, like the whole uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Kesha thing was, was hilarious. Good. Yeah. So we'll get into some stuff like yeah. that. Um, little Phillies talk. Yeah. You know, yeah, just a All little right. bit. I got. I love Oduble. That's my guy. You're gonna, your your show is good. People tune. In. You you do some fun stuff. So like, I like how you think outside the box. Like I I struggle. To be honest, I struggle like coming up with those creative topics. But I like stick to like the the meat and the potatoes. But you do a good job of like finding those nitty pick things. You know, those hey, random well, me, stuff. Meat and potatoes are good. But yeah, we're we're gonna get a little haywire tonight. It's June tenth. Like just whatever. It yeah. Matter. No, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot of NBA finals and you know all the usual. Usual wacky antics. I like, I like Oduble, too. Gets a bad rap sometimes. but He does, but he's he's not supposed to be a superstar. He's no. supposed to be the complimentary number two, number three guy on your team, and he provides some energy, and like he's, you know, people he's ta- great. People talk about how much money he, like they paid him. Like It's <laughs> not even a lot of money. Oh, my God, he's $30 million. They make they make that in a season. I know. Good center fielders. It's crazy. It's actually a great contract. It's a it's an amazingly good contract, yeah. and now that he's gotten out of that slump, like baseball, the perceptions of players change so frequently from month to month, you know. So Oduble Herrera goes from being a complete catastrophe, like wow, this guy's really good, but he was really good last year too. It's yeah. just it's yeah. the nature of baseball. Full disclosure: I haven't watched a baseball game, a full baseball game. I don't know since two thousand eleven, twelve. 
I haven't watched the Well, base. it's been hard. World Series Cubs at the Game 7, I did watch mo- the majority of that game. That was a great game. That was a great game. That was incredible. Philly's game, I don't... I, whatever. Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Porter's show. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Caesar's behind the glass. He's with Vince until 6, 2 to 6, so tune in. Andrew Porter's show, WIP Sports Times 159. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.